Now, the making of a good compilation tape is a very subtle art. Are you ready? Yes. No, babe, are you ready? Do you know what a cassette is? Play it. Don't you want to hear what's next? I don't hear any music. I made that tape special for today. So, music? A show where we basically create a mixtape for you, like we did in the 90s. I just, I thought this tape was going to be a conversation stimulator. Cassette, cassette, cassette. Welcome to the mixtape. Every week we are serving up an hour-long mixtape. 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 90.3 KRNU, welcome to the mixtape. Every week we have a new mixtape, and every Sunday at noon, we lay it on you. Of course, you can find the Spotify playlist for the mixtape at our Twitter handle, at the mixtape KRNU. And this week we are doing a mixtape about DGC Records with Dan Richter. Hello. Hello. Uh, full disclosure, you are my husband. That's true, yes. But it's I not felt, just a clever name. No, it's it's not. But I felt like I wanted to bring you in on the DGC records because this label was pretty important to any alt kid in the 90s. Yeah, totally. So DGC records, what do you know about them? I know the DGC, I believe, is David Geffen Associated, right? Yes, David Geffen Company. He's a major record man. He is a major record man. Many, many important historians mm-hmm. have said. <laughs> DGC was launched in 1990 as a subsidiary of Geffen. So it was kind of this time when all of these major labels wanted to be seen as, oh, no, we're not like a major label. Right. We're DGC. We're not MCA. We're not... MCA. MCA. <laughs> You're not one we're of not, the Beastie we're Boys. We're not one of the Beastie Boys. That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> now we're David Geffen Company. So anyway, they launched the subsidiary in 1990, and essentially it was going to be like their rock and metal brand because they had had some success with some L.A. metal bands in the late 80s. But then music completely changed, yes. and it kind of became their little alternative label. Uh, let me give you some examples. The Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs, White Zombie, Weezer, Urge Overkill, Sonic Youth was on DGC, The Sundays, Beck, Blink-182, Jimmy Eat World, Nirvana, Papa Roach, all have been DGC properties. And we're going to start with a decidedly rock band, White Zombie. Yes. Real deal. How much did White Zombie scare you? As somebody who grew up in a very sheltered household, very conservative background, yes, White Zombie was quite frightening to me. And of course, one of their... Notable singles has, you know, some nefarious sounds going on in the background. That was really eye-opening mm-hmm. for me. Some sexual stuff. Yeah, is that yeah, what you're talking about? Yeah, there's some stuff going on on that record. Yeah, we're mm-hmm. gonna play it. Awesome. <laughs> so, I can't wait. Woohoo! You like it now? Yeah. As a kid, it was a little like whoa. Yeah. And as by a, kid, I mean even as a 16-year-old. As a I'm kid, like, I, mean, I don't a teenager. Know if I should be listening to this? <laughs> My mom wouldn't like it. No. White Zombie formed in 1985 in New York City. Rob Cummings, as you will know as Rob Zombie, uh, formed it. He was a graphic designer. He wanted to do something with music, and he formed it with his girlfriend, Sean. They filled out the band, called it White Zombie, and they went for sort of a horror film meets sexy time meets Mm -hmm. rock and roll craziness, right? And in 1988, they signed to Caroline Records, which was a true independent record label. And the big guys sweeped them up. And that was RCA at the time, who Mm -hmm. had just merged with Geffen. So DGC, the subgroup, was like, White Zombie is for me. 
That is our rock and roll band. It is our rock and roll band, and we're going to do it. And they put out La Sexorcisto Devil Music Volume 1. Is there something about that title that throws you off? Oh, that's a lot. That's a lot of stuff going on there. <laughs> La Sexorcisto Devil Music Volume 1. Mm-hmm. Um, not highly rated by the PMRC, I imagine. Yeah, I imagine Lynn Cheney, not a big fan. Tipper Gore. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah I'm Was sure. Lynn Cheney not involved? I don't think so, but no. I bet she hates it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure she's not a fan anyway. All the Cheneys, mm-hmm. the Jeb Bushes of Fisher Island. Right. Exactly. Nobody's into it. <laughs> All right, this is White Zombie Thunderkiss 65 on the DGC mixtape on 90.3 KRNU. Hail the resurrection! 
90.3 KRNU, welcome back to the DGC mixtape. This week's mixtape all about the David Geffen Company and the little subsidiary of Polygram, Universal, RCA, Geffen, that whole conglomerate that housed a bunch of cool alternative bands in the 90s. And my guest this week is Dan, who is my husband, who loves DGC as much as I do. I certainly do. DGC... One of the first bands they signed was White Zombie, and they were going to be a rock and roll property. But then we got to the 90s, and everything changed with a band called Nirvana. Yes. So we just played Nirvana, uh, one of my favorite songs from them, off of Nevermind called Breed. I was a late bloomer with Nirvana, actually. I obviously remember when it came out. You couldn't avoid it. It was huge. I wasn't quite ready for it at that point. I feel like this is a theme with you. Yeah. Yeah. Music really Dan is. wasn't ready for. The exactly. DGC story. I, I was more of a Pearl Jam guy first, I guess. But as I've gotten older and gone back and listened to those Nirvana records, man, they're so good. And I have such a great respect for what they were trying to do. And um, I think it's really sad that the band wasn't able to create more music. I think there was just a whole world of potential there that, that got left behind. So... They were DGC's best-selling band for a really, really long time. They were the first DGC property to go to be certified diamond. Nevermind did 25 million albums worldwide at the time, 10 million in the United States. It was obviously huge. The DGC band you probably knew first, and I'm just guessing because like I knew you at the time and I know it was the one <laughs> you knew first, is Weezer. Yes. You and I could probably just do an entire mixtape on the Blue Album. Probably could, yes. Could and should, so stay tuned. (laughs) There you go. Yeah, they just kind of jumped off for me as a band that was different than everything else going on. Um, You didn't have to be exceptionally cool to like Weezer. In fact, it was kind of required not to be. so, (laughs) So that worked out well for me in that regard. Um, But the music was still good. I mean, good guitar riffs. You know, Pat Wilson is an amazing drummer. The the band's just good. The songs are undeniable. Vocal harmonies, come on. Yeah, and you're right. It's not really nerdy per se, but it's also not really rock either. Right, exactly. It was this kind of category of alternative rock that wasn't taking itself too seriously, but wasn't a parody either. Exactly. It, It... didn't take itself too seriously, but you felt like it was still trying to say something, mm-hmm. um, which is a unique path to cut there. So, Well, and remembering that everything else going on at the time, all of your kind of grunge scene bands, Pearl right. Jam and Nirvana and Soundgarden, and we can talk forever and do about how those bands really aren't sonically anything alike, but they did all get lumped together. Yes. Weezer was like kind of this weird upbeat antidote to it mm-hmm. even though there's a sadness to a lot of Weezer's songs it didn't sound quite as muddy as dirty right exactly there's very much a California thing to it and I love that in Rivers Cuomo you have a dude who grew up in an ashram mm-hmm. um, had a totally weirdo upbringing yeah was obsessed with Kiss exactly and like Dungeons and Dragons, right. and it, like he loved metal, and yes. he tried to be in a metal band. He yes. had a metal yeah. band. If you can Google some fantastic pictures of Rivers Cuomo in spandex with giant hair. But, I can and I have. 
<laughs> Weezer was never destined to be Skid Row. Right. And so eventually they kind of found who they were supposed to be. Let's play a track from the Blue Album that doesn't get a lot of love. This is The World Has Turned, 90.3 KRNU, the DGC mixtape.
90.3 KRNU, welcome back to the mixtape. This week, our mixtape is all about DGC, which was a subsidiary of Geffen Records and kind of housed all their alternative properties in the 90s. It's pretty niche. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's pretty down a rabbit hole. Yeah, it it's awesome, though. It's an awesome rabbit hole to go down. I mean, it's not quite like Alice in Wonderland, but, you know, same idea. Right, it, it is the same idea. A lot more baby doll dresses and combat boots <laughs> down this rabbit hole, but that so, sounds So maybe cool. it is the same thing. It's, right? it's the same rabbit hole. <laughs> um, I'm here with my husband, Dan, and we're talking about DGC because DGC and every 
band that was on this label was kind of such a big part of every rock and alternative fan's life in the 90s. Hole was a really big deal. Courtney Love has just always been Courtney Love. So one of my favorite stories about Courtney Love is that uh, they had this album, Hole had an album called Pretty on the Inside, and they collaborated with Kim Gordon of Sonic Youth on that. And Courtney wanted Kim to produce that so badly that she sent a letter, like a physical letter in the mail. Sure. Because this is, you know, no other the options. late 80s. There were no other options. So she sent a physical letter in the mail to Kim Gordon from Sonic Youth begging her to produce the album. Is that what she album. put on the envelope? Kim Gordon of Sonic Youth. Yeah, the mailman just... He's like, yeah, I know where she lives. <laughs> <laughs> but she, she sent a letter in the mail to Kim Gordon of Sonic Youth saying, please produce my record. And she sent her a Hello Kitty barrette. Oh, That's nice. And she did it. So, That's awesome. Thanks, Kim. She, I wonder if she still has the barrette. <laughs> Courtney Love started dating Kurt Cobain in 1991. They got married in 92. And then soon after, they had Francis Bean. Of course, Hole was then signed to DGC. Nirvana was on DGC. It was this whole um, DGC thing. And then 1994 happened. And they were recording Live Through This. And um, Live Through This came out in April of 94. And you know what else, of course, happened in April of 94. April 94, of course, is uh, when Kurt Cobain died. And then, to add um, even more difficulty to Hole's year in 1994, uh, Kristen Pfaff, who was their bassist, died from a heroin overdose in June. So, needless to say, it was a very tragic scene. Time to move on to a very different DGC band, because a lot of the DGC bands were from Washington, Oregon, or California. Sure. It was just kind of like where it was happening. Yeah. We know. West Coast. West Coast, indeed. <laughs> but the next band was not even from the States. They're from right. Scotland. And that's Teenage Fan Club. Yes. I believe the first Teenage Fan Club song that I heard was on the DGC Rarities album, um, which, I, as I recall, is the first track. MD 2020, I believe it's called. It just always kind of sounded like music that anybody could play. And as somebody who was trying to pick up guitar, maybe try to learn how to do things, you know, it wasn't that far removed from the chords that I could play. Certainly they were much better. Um, you know. Well, one thing that I love, I love that you said that you first heard this band on that DGC Rarities yeah. record. Because that was the point. These labels would put out uh, compilation records of all these artists mm -hmm. knowing that people would buy it because it had Nirvana, yeah. Hole, Weezer. They'd turn it over. They'd see those big name artists and people would buy it. And then they would, of course, in the process, hear somebody like Teenage Fan mm -hmm. Club. So here is the concept. Teenage Fan Club on the DGC mixtape on 90.3 KRNU. She was wherever she goes Says she's gonna get some records by the status quo Oh, oh yeah Still she won't be forced against her will Says she don't do drugs but she does the Oh, 
90.3 KRNU, welcome back to the mixtape. This week's mixtape, of course, you can find our Spotify playlist on our Twitter handle, at the mixtape KRNU. And we are talking about DGC Records. It was a subsidiary of Geffen, and it housed a ton of cool alternative bands, which is why we're talking about it. We love cool alternative bands. We love these 40-year-olds are into cool alternative bands. And by cool alternative bands, we mean bands that were cool in 1990. Yes. So you just heard uh, Counting Crows, Einstein on the Beach. It's such a great song. I love Counting Crows. I love Adam Duritz's fake hair. Oh my God. I can't not love him. I don't know. I just wanted to give him a big hug the last time we saw him. We, of course, <laughs> see the Counting Crows when they come to the area. Right. Because again, I'm um, your mom. They're a fantastic band. And my gosh, that hair is just ridiculous. He's like <laughs> some sort of sideshow Bob in real life. Yeah, it just but... keeps getting bigger. Like oh. I could see the spirit gum that's it, holding his hair crazy. on. It's crazy. He Oof. he looks crazy. But my goodness, he just, what a poetic soul. They started as like an acoustic duo and then they added members and mm-hmm. I believe they continue to add members yeah, to this so day. I think every few months... Members are being added. Another crow added to the murder, if you will. That song, I think, was a really good pick. It's a Uh, fun song. A really fun song. And I I always really appreciated that they included that one and Mm -hmm. not Mrs. Potter's Lullaby. (laughs) (laughs) I think they hadn't written it yet. Okay. So it's fine. I want to go on record as saying that song's terrible. Seven minutes and like... (laughs) 12 verses. It's a fantastic song. It's truly the American pie of the (laughs) Counting Crows catalog. It is. (laughs) (laughs) So time to move on to a band that I love so very much. I cannot think of a time when I've been happier that a band came out with a new album. I was like physically jumping up and down and quite winded from it when I found out that a band called That Dog was coming out with a new album last year. Back in the 90s, They were just like bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and signed to DGC and were poised to be kind of the female Weezer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a good way to put it. But they weren't. Well, certainly not in the record sales department. But in my heart. Yes, (laughs) definitely. I always describe that dog to people as Weezer and the Dixie Chicks were mixed together. Because it's like a three-part female vocal harmony with a violin, a la Dixie Chicks. Mm -hmm. But it's very much like a punk rock, pop kind of aesthetic. Exactly. So they are fronted by Anna Warnaker, the daughter of Lenny Warnaker, mogul executive from the 70s and 60s. And then also you've got the Hayden sisters, Petra and Rachel Hayden. And their father was Charlie Hayden, who was a famous jazz musician. They're just fantastic. They're terrific musicians from that pedigree, but they certainly didn't just sleep on that. They cultivated their own sound, and I think the songwriting is so good. The lyrics are personal, but you can find yourself in those. They're they're just about situations that happen in everybody's life and things that you've gone through and like, man, I, I can feel that feeling right there. One thing I always loved about them musically was their use of complicated and almost unpleasant vocal chord structures. Sure. So they used a lot of minor chords mm-hmm. and they used a lot of dissonant chords yeah. to convey... 
emotions in songs that I thought was really fascinating. And those are always my favorite when I'm singing along in the car to hit those yeah. those chords that sound so bad they sound good. I think that it's a way to do punk rock that isn't like a frantic pace right. or isn't um, screaming. It's a way to like convey fu sensibility in a very polished exactly musical structure. I compare it to like a punk rock pet sounds. It is totally thing. punk rock pet sounds. So the album is Retreat from the Sun. This track is called Long Island from That Dog on 90.3 KRNU, the DGC mixtape. You're pretty dreamy for a boy from Long Island. You should come to see me on my western horizon. Seems as though meant to me. But I just look at you and know you're pretty sweet. I want to set a place for you at my table. We can sit forever watching reruns on cable. Take you driving in my brother's beat-up car. Sharing a cigarette, we'll wish upon a so you say you like my shirt And you say you've got a lot just like a Smiling 
90.3 KRNU, welcome back to the mixtape. I'm your host, Casey, every week at noon on air, 90.3 KRNU, or online at krnu.unl.edu. You can check out the mixtape every week. It's a brand new one. And we also share our Spotify playlist on our Twitter handle at the mixtape KRNU. So please follow us, check out that Spotify playlist so you can relive all of this alt 90s glory. I am here with my husband, Dan, and we're talking about DJ. DGC mixtape because the DGC rarities CD was incredibly important to us. This label was how a lot of the most popular, most influential music of that period came about. Mm-hmm. So we love you, David Geffen. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, David. I mean, I'm not, I'm sure we don't have like a ton in common. So like, don't come over. Just heard Beck devil's haircut. Mm hmm. He's got a devil's haircut in his mind. Yes, he does. How does that even happen? Not even on his head. It's in his mind. It's inside. That's right. He was born in 1970. His mom was like one of the Andy Warhol ladies. I don't even know what they called them. Sounds right. (laughs) The Andy Warhol ladies. (laughs) Right, exactly. She was just part of that New York City art scene. And then um, his dad, I think, was a musician. Yes. So he kind of pioneered that lo-fi style in the early 90s. Beck came out of nowhere with um, Mellow Gold and the song Loser. And then Odelay. He's got a devil's haircut in his mind. Who knew? That's the kind of lyric that would have blown our minds <laughs> in 1993. 
I want to talk about a band that is incredibly important. And yes, I know every band we've talked about on this mixtape is incredibly important, which That's is right. to me, which is why I wanted to That's do right. it. But this band more than most is my heart. And that is Veruca Salt. Yay. Veruca Salt, named after the character in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, formed in Chicago. Nina and Louise Post are the lead singers, and they also both play guitar. Yep. Like, I mean, I, I guess I would akin it sort of to heart, except that they're both Anne and both Nancy. Yeah. That, no, that's a perfect way to put it. Yeah. So their first album was American Thighs, and it was on um, Minty Fresh. And DGC picked them up. And Eight Arms to Hold You was produced by Bob Rock. But Eight Arms to Hold You was a very shiny, like, very produced rock album. Yeah. And people didn't like it as well. And those people don't know what's good for them. <laughs> Eight Arms to Hold You, it that's another one that makes me sad that it does kind of get that, that rap. Um, I get it that it is a pretty produced album, but, you know, I listen to that and I think that's... It's like a school of rock record. Like, they're pulling out all the stops. They named Eight Arms to Hold You. Of course, it's a reference to the original title of The Beatles' Help. Mm -hmm. It's called Eight Arms to Hold You. Um, American Thighs is, of course, an ACDC reference Mm -hmm. um, from You Shook Me All Night Long. So they have always kind of leaned on their influences. I think, like, a lot of bands Mm -hmm. do. But what I always thought was so ballsy and cool about Veruca Salt is they always leaned on these very male influences and were pretty unapologetic about it. They have the song David Bowie. They do have a song called David Bowie. Mm -hmm. We're not going to play that though. (laughs) We're going to play Volcano Girls. Sorry for bringing it up. Sorry about it. (laughs) Veruca Salt rules. All right. This is Volcano Girls. It's the DGC mixtape on 90.3 KRNU. Do it, do it. 
90.3 KRNU, welcome back to the mixtape. This week's mixtape is one of my favorites because, um, A, I get to talk to my husband. Hi. Yay. Yay for you. Uh, Dan and I have been talking about DGC Records, David Geffen Record Company, kind of a sub-label or a branded label off the Geffen label before we had a lot of artists, individual artists, making their own little sub-labels. Um, record execs were like, oh, let me make Geffen sound cooler by calling it DGC. Oh, yeah, wow. How mysterious. When nobody knows. Who's mm-hmm. DGC? Ooh. We just heard Yeah, Yeah, Yeah's. Uh, the song was Heads Roll from It Splits. Yeah, that's we right. We saw them. Mm-hmm. At Lollapalooza, and was that 2007? Yes, it was 2007. Just a mere years ago. Just a scant 12 years ago. Mm-hmm. Just just over a decade. That's right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. formed in New York City. Uh, they kind of knew each other from Oberlin College in Ohio and then reconnected Karen O and Nick and Brian did their thing in 2002 they were on south by southwest and everybody got excited about them and then that's when they got signed to interscope records but then interscope in a totally predictable way all of these record companies cannibalize each other and merge with each other and form giant conglomerates interscope merged with geffen at the time and uh, got wrapped into the newest most improved version of dgc record after all the mergers were over the Yeah Yeah Yeahs are one of those bands that are so cool. They're like destined to be short-lived. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of artistic energy. I think there's probably just tension going on in that group of people. Not that they're tough to work with or bad with each other, but just the way that they put everything out there. That's a very difficult flame to keep burning mm-hmm. a lot of very severe haircuts yeah yeah angular hard angles very <laughs> angular haircut mm-hmm. yeah it was like um all the drawings from daria came to life <laughs> formed band <laughs> yeah yeah as were our last track from the dgc mixtape because they were one of the last bands that uh, was sort of of this alternative ilk added to dgc in its newest iteration the DGC mixtape is available on our Twitter. Um, we have a Spotify playlist that Dan and I made you. It is at the mixtape KRNU, so you can check it out there and listen to these 10 absolute bangers of early 90s alternative songs. Yay. Weezer, That Dog, Hole, Nirvana, White Zombie, all the best things. Get in there. You're gonna love it. Okay, we'll talk to you next week on the mixtape on 90.3 KRNU. Thanks, Dan. Thank you. Interrupting all programs. This is Radio Clash on Pirates Satellite. Orbiting your living.